0: Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, March 27th, 2006. Hi, this is Michael Lozanne. On behalf of myself and my partner, Mark Horseman, welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show is the second of a two-part series on working with executive recruiters. Last week, we discussed some basic things you need to know about recruiters, and specifically how to handle that initial call. Today we discussed the key questions to ask, as well as how to address their specific requests. Of course, as we discuss, if you're a smart manager, you'll want to maintain an ongoing relationship with the recruiter, and in today's show, we discuss exactly how to do that. To assist you in putting some of this stuff into practice, we've also put the Manager Tools Executive Recruiter Cheat Sheet up on the website. You'll find this in the Tools section, right on the homepage. Download the cheat sheet, print it out, and keep it handy with you in your desk or somewhere where you can get to it quickly when you get that initial call. The cheat sheet will assist you greatly in handling that initial call and help ensure that the first call you get from the recruiter isn't the last call. So, here we go.
1: What are some of the questions that you might ask the recruiter? Yeah, there are three key questions to ask during any call, You first call, if you will, from any recruiter. Um, now, there's a danger here. I'm going to be very clear about this, Mike, and this is where having a list and being a, a task-focused manager and not being warm and friendly and outgoing if you don't deliver these questions pleasantly in an upbeat way, giving every indication you intend to answer their questions when you're done, this could backfire on you. If you're wary in the beginning and you sort of put up your hand and say, whoa, timeout, stop sign, let's go back, I'm in charge, I'm going to get my questions answered before you get your questions answered, it's absolutely going to be a complete turnoff. If you act like your own gatekeeper, it's just going to send them packing. Um, and quite frankly, they may hang up on you. They say, hey, listen, you know, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It sounds like you're busy. Goodbye. Um, maybe it's unprofessional that they hang up on you, but the result is the same. It's not good for you. You didn't. You just un- unimpressed them significantly. So the more casual, the more relaxed you can be, the better. Um, so here are the questions, and I'll, I'll give you an example of how I would ask them. The first one is the name and number of the recruiter okay seems pretty simple but a lot of managers don't do it and they hang up the phone not knowing how to get back in touch with somebody here's how you do it hey thanks for calling me um before we if you don't mind before we get to the details of your call i'd like to get a few notes down okay would you please take a moment and spell your name for me and give me your phone number again i'd sure appreciate it now if you say uh, again who are you and what company are you with and what's your number again Uh, I, I need this it's official right it just comes across second thing number two you get the name of the recruiter and then number two the company and you say, here's how you do it. You say, and what firm did you say you're with? I want to write it down. You, look, you're going to create a file. And if you do anything with getting things done by David Allen, you're going to create a file called Executive Recruiters. And you're going to put the information that you write down in the Executive Recruiter file. And if you're really smart, you'll put it in your day timer or whatever PDA you use to keep track of contacts because you never know when you're going to need a recruiter. Um, it's, the company is more important than most people realize because you need this to be able to figure out whether they specialize in your industry or not. Um, or for that matter, if they have a good reputation within your industry or in your area or in your locale. Um, and there's one more question we'll talk about at the end that doesn't get asked in the, in the, in the phone call itself that will help you confirm that. And then uh, uh, question number three is how this recruiter learned about you. And here's how you can do that. Hey, can you share with me who referred you to me? I'd like to circle back with them and say thank you. Now, we're sort of in a gray area here, Mike, but but if a recruiter were to tell you they don't have the paperwork in front of them or they don't recall recall, or they just don't want to tell you, in my opinion, these are warning signs. Um, You know, for all you know, it's a blind call in the sense that they really don't know anything about you and they, they haven't been told good or bad about you. Um... What I would recommend in that situation is to politely offer to take their call at some point in the future when they do have it. Um, uh, it, it would sound something like this. Well, gosh, I, I'd i like to help you, but I guess I'm kind of concerned that I, I don't know how you got my name. Maybe you can call me back when, um, when you can tell me how you heard about me um now it may very well be that you're shutting off a genuine uh, um, referral from a friend and the recruiter legitimately doesn't have that information in front of them on the other hand that's a reasonable professional expectation for you to have i wouldn't guarantee i wouldn't mandate that you shut down the conversation but i would say it's something to to raise your eyebrow a little bit and go hmm Uh, I I wouldn't do that with somebody else. I I wouldn't call an executive I wanted to get to know better just as a a mentor and say, hey, a friend of yours (laughs) suggested I call you, but I can't remember who the friend is. That comes across as unprofessional. And there are websites out there right now that for a small fee or if you're willing to share your contacts with with them – Will literally list thousands and thousands of people and their phone numbers and email addresses at corporations and recruiters use them all the time yeah i, I you know it's it's interesting i
0: there's a uh I'll leave names off it of course, but there's an individual that is a very good customer of ours at the at the restaurants and he's a recruiter and he you know he knows i was uh executive at m c i so he asked me this is pre verizon merger and all that um asked me to give him a list of all the executives at MCI and their contact information. Um, he asked that once. I politely said no, and two weeks later, came back and offered me a, a good amount of money for that same list. Of course, I said no again.
1: Oh, my um, gosh.
0: Yeah, it was, It was. Um, and it's, yeah, it's awkward, because this is a good customer, and I want to retain him as a customer. On the other hand, uh, I didn't want to
1: partake in... That yeah. kind of <laughs> yeah that kind of bulk stuff, stuff that 's just grossly unprofessional now there are people who will do it, but that doesn 't mean it should be a manager tools listener or member right absolutely, so and the point yeah. being that if I had then these people would be getting phone calls out of the blue, not yeah, know, not it's come from so yeah, I got you, yeah, and the idea that you would share hundreds of names, and that over and over again people are saying, yeah, and, and you might say to yourself, Well, I can justify it because these people need help because our firms are not doing well." Nope, that's not a justification. And, and, Um, you know, by the way, he he mentioned several large firms that
0: he had gotten somebody to do just that. So yeah, um, it it definitely happens.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny, Mike. It reminds me of a a show that my my son and I watched a little bit of this weekend where one kid is seeing another. Hey, it's okay. Everybody does it. (laughs) And I looked at Drake and I said, Drake, do they talk that way at school? He says, no, Dad, I know better than that. Okay. He's 10. He knows better. Yeah, he's a good kid. He has a good dad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So so look, uh, it's absolutely reasonable for you to be able to ask these questions before you share your answers to their questions. Um, And since they've given you answers to these questions, that means you're going to do your level best with their questions. Uh, It's just the professional way to handle the call. Now, one more question that comes after the call, and that is, once you've known the name of the company and the recruiter, you want to ask a mentor about the firm, somebody you know that has more experience than you. Uh, You want to ask one of your mentors um, about the firm and their reputation, and and then the recruiter as well. Obviously, you don't want to ask your boss. um, No, really? (laughs) Yeah, don't be surprised, folks. Your boss is getting these calls, too. Yeah, but he or Uh, she is not sharing that with you, either. (laughs) So say it again? He or she's not sharing that with you either. So yeah, that's right. So I don't feel that you need to share it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you know, perhaps a VP or an SVP with whom you have a good relationship uh, should be able to tell you that, um, or even a peer maybe that's a better networker um, than you are. Um, you know, ho- hopefully our, our listeners or those of them who, who are somewhat maybe more technical, a little bit more task-focused and maybe not as networking, not as network-willing um, or network-friendly are realizing that those networking skills are really necessary. If you need to see them as necessary evil, fine, but at least make them necessary and do it reasonably well so that it won't hurt you when you need it to. Okay, so those are the key questions you can ask in that first call. Now, it's important to understand that there's usually – so let's talk about how to handle the request. In other words, they're going to be calling unless they're just out looking for people, which is – it happens, but it's unlikely – they're going to be calling it with a specific uh, client need in mind, um, which we're going to call an opportunity. Okay, again, it's possible they're not, but but um, people are the easy part of searches. It's the hiring company that pays. So if they're calling an individual, they're calling based on a particular opportunity. So they have this opportunity in mind. You may or may not be in consideration. You're probably not completely out of consideration but you're probably not yet on the short list if they haven't talked to you um you are not it's unlikely anyway that you are the shining star in your industry and this is a blind call from somebody who's heard the best guy in our industry is manager tools registered member acts um and they're about to essentially beg you to go on an interview that's um unlikely um so they they will not share with you who the higher-end company is. And they will probably only share a brief outline of the opening. Probably won't include salary, won't include benefits, those kind of things. It may be just two or three or four sentences about what the opening is, the job responsibilities, requirements, and so on. And here is perhaps one of the most important questions to get asked, and it's completely misunderstood by 95% of the people who get asked it. Um, the recruiter says something along the lines of, do you know anybody who might be right for this role? Okay? And here here is really where the, the conversation completely falls apart. It's probably, in most cases, Mike, the conversation's a little bit not great because the manager doesn't know what to do, at least those who haven't listened to this podcast. Um, but, but this is really the point at which it goes downhill fast. Um, because what the uninformed manager does... Is for all kinds of reasons, his as his heart is dropping, is to assume that the question means that he is not right for the job. And so, they're a little bit bummed, they're a little bit wary, they don't know the person. There's all kinds of reasons stacking up. I mean, logically, it makes a lot of sense. You don't refer anybody to this recruiter. You're so focused on yourself, and, and I'm not saying I haven't been in conversations like that, um, that you... Forget what the question is, which is, do you know anybody who might be right for this role? Um, and it, some managers probably don't crash immediately, um, but but what they do is they sort of diffidently suggest uh, one or two friends, and they don't really give a solid recommendation. Um, and it, it just ends up being kind of lukewarm, and the recruiter kind of comes away going, boy, that just wasn't a great conversation, not a very sharp guy, doesn't know much about recruiters, doesn't know how to give a referral, doesn't know how to answer my questions. Strike three, you're out. Um, but but Mike, take a moment. Let's listen to the darn question one more time. Do you know anybody who might be right for the for this particular position? Yeah. Right, have you figured out what the answer is yet, Mike? <laughs> Couldn't the answer be, yes, I could be somebody who could be right for that position? But for whatever reason, just the, the managers, the unskilled, uninformed manager, they don't see it that way. They see it as asking for a referral. Um, well, look, we're not suggesting that your answer should be, yes, me, um, but, but it's absolutely reasonable to assume that you might be right for the position. Otherwise, they wouldn't be calling you. Okay, so, so four steps to go through, okay? Number one, write it down. Um, just ask them up front say look as I think about this let me make sure I got it right would you please walk me through that role again Okay, this gives you a chance to think about your friends that might be right and it's completely okay for you to say give me a moment let me think about um, uh, some other people and in fact step number two is to suggest someone else perhaps even a couple of someone else's tell them the person's name what their role and their company is and maybe your company maybe somewhere else Make a positive reference, okay? And do not share contact information yet. It would sound something like, I have one person in mind for you. His name is Jerry Conti. He's over in our process group. He's very sharp, particularly with the larger projects like what you mentioned for this role. If you'll give me 24 hours, I will let him know I shared his name with you, and then you can call him. And what you do is you call Jerry after the call and you let him know that Joe Smith this recruiter is going to call him and you call Joe back and he gives you a chance to just push the the relationship forward just a little bit and say hey Joe I talked to Jerry he'd certainly be willing to take your call he knows your name here's his number okay now you might get some pushback there I, I got some pushback from some recruiters when when I did that they said well just go ahead and give me the name and I'll call and tell him that you told me Uh, to refer me well no I'd like to do this the right way I want Jerry to get a heads up he's been pretty busy I know he'll take my call he may not take yours and I don't want you to be thinking that I've referred you to somebody who's going to blow you off so let me pave the way for you that would be the least I could do for you since you're making a phone call on my behalf to him okay then after you suggest someone else step three suggest yourself (laughs) Um, after you've suggested a friend say and you know that's a role that I could be interested in as well I, I love this response i mean i just I love it because the way you've
0: answered it by giving a couple you know a name or two of somebody else who might be good for the recruiter to talk to, you've done a couple things. one is you've answered the the recruiter's question directly right. they asked you the right. question you answered it, but you answered it in a way that showed consideration for their needs, which is they want to find somebody to to fill the position yes second so you you've really put yourself in the shoes of the recruiter, secondly. If um, you pay attention at all to what we're saying here, relationships with recruiters is very important to one's career. And so now you've helped out a couple of friends. Um, you've given them another chance to develop a relationship with a recruiter. So you, you help your, your, your friends or our uh, workmates out. And thirdly, then you've put yourself in the position in position of volunteering that you might be right for the role. But the fact that you've put yourself at the end of the converse, of the answer says a lot about you.
1: So I, I think it's a very powerful way to answer this particular yeah. question. <laughs> I, and I admit I learned some of this the hard way, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of these conversations and gradually came to this over time. Um, and, and look, if you are interested in the role... Suggest that you talk further with a recruiter outside of the office. Now, if you're calling them on the way home, then you can have a more fulsome conversation. But if you're at your desk, if you're in your cube or whatever, now's not the time to have a conversation with more details. Okay? Uh, Step four, do not send off your resume at this point. You need to know more about the role. Um, And quite frankly, you don't want to be sending a resume to somebody who doesn't necessarily want it just yet. They may tell you, look, I've thought about it a little bit more. I really don't think you're right for the role, but I really appreciate the way you handle this. And I'm sure there's going to be another opportunity. And believe me, folks, there will be another opportunity. If they're recruiting in your space, there'll be another one in 99% of the cases uh, within three months. So if you send a resume too soon, they're just going to file it and and probably just forget about it. No offense, because resumes are kind of a dime a dozen. And as you know from listening to one of our earlier podcasts, your resume stinks anyway, and it's four pages long. And it really irritates the recruiter because they don't have time to read but one page. (laughs) So don't send your resume at this point. What Um, if if they ask for it? uh, I, I, I... I certainly would share it if they asked for it, but it but it depends it depends on the relationship I have if i if I feel like i 'm having a good conversation if they're not then then and if I feel like we 're talking about a particular opportunity that 's great if they 're not talking about a particular opportunity and they 're just asking for the resume, I would say probably not because they 're not going to read it in the beginning. The relationship is going to be based on communication skills and so on so it, it 's not a guarantee black and white I would or I would not, but as a general rule, I would not unless we were talking about a Specific opportunity, I would say, hey, listen, let's talk again tomorrow or the next day. I'll put together some thoughts, um, and then maybe what they can say, what they'll say is, hey, let, I'd like to see your resumes. So, well, let me let me send that after we talk a little bit further, so I can understand a little bit more about the job. You don't want to get in the habit of sending a resume off just any old time, because they might very well use you just as cannon fodder to put you up against several other people who they're really interested in uh, to show to a particular hiring man, hiring manager at another company. Uh, And then all that's happening is they're not going to recommend you. They're just going to make you, they're going to use your resume to show that the person they really want to get hired, that they have a relationship with, looks good relative to you. So you want to be cautious about that. I I never give out my resume. Um, Okay, so those are the four things. You write it down, you suggest somebody else first, then you suggest yourself, and then, of course, don't send your resume. Um, and that's really how you handle that first call. It's not difficult. You get your questions answered in a pleasant, friendly, warm-up way as a way of saying, I'm going to answer your questions if you'll help me a little bit as well. And then you cover those four points. Now, but what we said was you want to have a relationship with the recruiters. So let's, let's now go to the sort of the final stage of this, which is how do you maintain that relationship with the recruiter? And Mike this is really the easy part although it gets more complex the longer your relationship is and so on but but there are some simple things you can do to really become a master of maintaining almost any relationship you have and and for me I'll tell you it's so trivially simple you've seen my my calendar Mike and so you know um, all I recommend to maintain a relationship with somebody outside of your firm is to add a quarterly recurring task to your task list and it says stay in touch with blank in that person's name. And then every quarter, when you get a reminder to do that task, you simply make the call and tell them you're just checking in. Just that, you mentioned before that that this is easy because it puts you ahead of 90% of the, the managers and you were right, if you just do that, it will put you 99.999% ahead of the universe. Uh, it'll put you ahead of 99.99% of the universe if you just stay in touch with a recruiter by calling them once a quarter. And and here's what it might sound like, because I know I, I say you should do that, but then um, some manager going, well, gosh, what would I say? It would sound something like this, Mike. It would say... I would say, Terry, this is Mark Horseman over at Procter Gamble. I'm just calling to touch base. I hope things w- are going well for you. By the way, I'm assuming I'm leaving a voicemail. I um, hope things are going well for you. If you'd like me to buy a cup of coffee one morning, happy to do that. Uh, I'm at number blank, blank, blank. Um, take care. Best wishes. That's it. If you get them on the phone, it's as simple as, Hey, Terry, it's Mark Horseman over at Procter & Gamble. I don't know if you remember, but we talked a few months ago about X. Um, I- I'm just touching base. I just wanted to say, Hey, hope you're doing okay. If there's anything I can help you with, please just let me know. Now, if you want to go a bit further, if, you want to, if you're want if you feeling good about this potential relationship, uh, you can say the same thing and maybe add one or two of these additions. Um, uh, hey, Terry, I-, I thought you'd like to know that one of our managers or directors or executives over here, Bob Jackson, is doing really well. I think he might be the kind of person you're interested in. Um, I'd be happy to give you his contact information if you like. Now, it's very possible that Terry, the recruiter, knows bob jackson but then again maybe he or she doesn't um so if you're someone who's seen as someone who can put in put recruiters in contact with other sharp people that makes you look good mm. and that tends to give you extra credit when your skills are roughly equivalent to somebody else's for a particular search you get a bonus because they have a good relationship with you another thing you can say is Hey, um, something to put in the back of your mind, Terry. We just finished that uh, ERP project. My part came in on time and on budget. Uh, I know that's something that you guys look for over there, and I thought it'd be good to share. Best wishes.
0: Well, I particularly like the uh, keeping your eyes and ears out for the recruiter and calling them with the, I mean, that the law of reciprocity, right? Yep. Is in effect right there.
1: Yeah, and you're not hurting yourself by recommending they talk to Bob, because if Bob gets an opportunity through them, Bob is going to be happy, and remember that you referred him, and Terry is going to be happy, the recruiter is going to be happy as well. So two people are going to be happy with you. You do that four or five times, you got 10, 12 people happy with you, um, it won't be hard for you to make a transition if you need to, or if you want to. Um, now, again that's that's how to maintain the relationship that's what to say to keep the relationship going forward quarter to quarter and that's probably all you have to call um, but for a recruiter the way their time frames work that seems like eons remember that you want to create a relationship with one to two recruiters and basically after you've talked with a few recruiters and you have a sense for those that you might you feel like you might get along with particularly well Suggest getting together with one or two of them for a more expansive talk over lunch and at the lunch meeting You can share more about your interest where you see yourself strengths and weaknesses and so on And they'll probably be more than willing to share some things about other companies other opportunities Where they might see you fitting based on culture and those kind of things Now there's a whole next step in the relationship mike which is how to work with a recruiter if you start moving forward towards an interview and how a recruiter affects the interviewing process but really that's a whole nother set of yeah podcast that's a (laughs) lot yeah um okay one of the things we've we've taught you and i've talked about before is uh, the last step in this podcast is resources um we want to make clear other resources that are available to our listeners um, so they can do some research and learn more on their own um And and we have two resources we want to point everybody to. The first one is so good, it's on our book list. I don't know, we have 10 or 15 books on our book list, so this is really good. It's John Luck's book, Rites of Passage at $100,000 Plus. It is so good, Mike, that there is no other book that I would ever recommend buying about this subject. Um, this is the best book for anyone who's listening to get about career transitions and job searches, even if you don't make $100,000 a year yet. Um, it doesn't have a list of resources in the back of the book. that are. It's got everything. Yeah. Yes. It, so, so rather than us listing all the possible resources that people can avail themselves of, you get John Luck's book. And by the way, Luck is spelled L-U-C-H-T. You can get that at Amazon, um, and it's on our list. So all you have to do is click on, go to our website, click on the our favorite books, and scroll down, and you click on that book, and it'll take you there. Um, and, and and really, Mike, even if our listeners are not thinking about making a job change get this book and start making your way through it now because it's big (laughs) it's several hundred pages and it's it's going to take take a while while. yeah it's voluminous it just got it it covers every possible situation and by the way he uh, other than for CEOs he strongly endorses the reverse chronological accomplishment based resume that is narrowly construed to one page um in the book so it's not as if we made up the one page reverse chronological professional resume (laughs) concept all on our own um Okay, and now let's mention a little bit of a surprise for probably most people, the second resource we we alluded to. Um, Many of you have probably wondered how it is that we can afford to provide you all this great advice for free, and the fact is we're fortunate. We do have other jobs that let us indulge our interest in helping people. Mike and I get a great deal of satisfaction out of that. Um, But we want to let you know that we'll soon be releasing a series of 15 separate podcasts Some of them 30 minutes, some of them 45, some of them even longer. Probably like 10 hours worth of information. Yeah, exactly. Um, On how to prepare for interviewing. Uh, We're going to be very upfront and say we're going to charge for them, um, that we haven't decided really on a price just yet. Um, And uh, I'll I'll tell you, when I look at some of the stuff that's out there and the prices they're getting, I'm I'm just saddened by what people are paying for and how little value they're getting for it. So we're going to be fair, but we're going to, Um, We're also going to value it appropriately Um, Some of the topics we're going to cover in this series of podcasts is first of all how to prepare literally how to prepare your answers to the big questions How to study how to organize your background so you can prepare effectively for the kind of professional interviews that happen in uh, most corporations today How to answer the tell me about yourself question specifically how to structure and actually word your answer How to answer behavioral interviewing questions, we have arguably the best way in the world to answer that. Um, How to answer questions about your salary, which is different, by the way, depending upon whether it's before or after an offer. Um, How to ask your questions, which is something that's important that people forget about. How to close the interview, my favorite part. How to dress, how to handle offers, how to write a cover letter, how to prepare a resume. Of course, many of you have already listened to that cast. Um... And 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 how to do phone interviews as well. Most people are really bad at that. Now, you know, we don't mean to sound too salesy, um, but but in in in, uh, to use an old phrase, you know, what what would you be willing to pay for all that? Think for a moment about how much value the resume podcast gave you just that one, and then multiply that by fifteen. I spent close to twenty years working either in the recruiting industry or helping people make the transition. Um, I speak regularly on recruiting and interviewing at the major business schools um, and have been hired by numerous companies to teach their managers how to interview B-School students and and any candidate, quite frankly, teaching the behavioral uh, interviewing technique. And um, it's all all of the stuff that I know, is in the, it's in the same detailed, all these podcasts are in the same detailed what-to-do specific granular format that hopefully you like so much about Manager Tools. So be looking for that resource. Um, and, and we understand there's something a little bit different for the community, so we'd love to hear your comments about that. And you know where to go. Just go to the, the website and click on over to the discussion boards, and we'd love to uh, share our thoughts and give you more details. Hear any comments or concerns or ideas or suggestions you have. That would be great. Cool, and Mike. I think that's it. Super. All uh, right, Mark. Thank you very much. This is this is uh, great information for folks. I, you know, we got a lot of detail there, um, and uh, I just I I don't want people to stumble through this. I think it's an important conversation they're going to have. It's not hard to do it well once you know how to do it.
0: Yeah, just like just like everything we talk about, none of this none of this stuff is rocket science. It's uh, right, and, and unfortunately, there's you know, typically your manager is not teaching about this, and there are very few resources out there that are walking through these kind of things in detail. And uh, certainly, the recruiters themselves aren't going to be talking to, uh, yeah. to you about how this all this stuff works. Yeah, they're so, not.
1: They're not in the education business.
0: Yeah. So, all righty. Thanks, Thank my you, friend. Sir. All right, all right. See you later. Well, that's it. Effectively dealing with recruiters is a terribly important task for any manager. Although there's nothing wrong with staying with a single company your entire career, it's an increasingly rare occurrence. Do yourself a favor by following through with Mark's suggestions and being prepared to leverage recruiters effectively. If you have any specific questions regarding the process, be sure to visit our discussion forums at www.manager-tools.com slash forums and let us know. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you again next week. So long.